listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. I really love our intro. I, I just love it. It's probably, it's, probably the, it's probably the best thing about the podcast, to be honest. Oh, I mean, quite frankly. You know, oh, hey. <laughs> Hi, welcome. <laughs> Prepare for disappointment. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's that's really great. No, I, no, 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 no. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all new episode. Post trade deadline. Chris Jury flying in from the top rope like a college kid handing in his thesis statement at the very last minute, all of a sudden it's like, Oh crap, I got to do something. And he uh, pulls off a flurry of moves. We're going to talk about it. Um, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that happened in the day, which was really funny. The dad in off Vegas situation is flipping hilarious, but we'll, 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 we'll touch on that just in a moment because I've never be- seen this only because I don't like Vegas. That's why I've never seen this happen. I don't think this has ever happened before. And Chris, but, Lo- and Chris is the white knight of the Golden Knights. I was the white knight for the Golden Knights, but that was a, that was a long time ago. I was a I... time not long ago. I was never mind. Sorry. No, <laughs> no. Well, look at this. The hair's actually looking pretty decent. Oh my god! All right, yeah. stop looking at yourself. You Did you know that Henrik Lundqvist? The way he 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 does not use gel. He uses wax. Yeah, I know. That's that's how he just wakes up with just. I mean pure excellence all the time all right um the guy guy wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence before we jump into the talk and we talk about the rangers or some of the stuff that's going on some of our reactions our thoughts i want to say kevin weeks i i gotta say it kevin weeks is the effing man he is his his twitter his breaking of trades was one of the greatest things that i have i have ever seen Happening, I mean, it was just fantastic. It's him and, and Elliot it, Friedman. They're they're the two best, and it created yeah. But like the 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 breaking of trades with the videos, like the vlog style in like the most random of locations, spawned off this gigantic Kevin Weeks trade meme effect that took over hockey Twitter, and it was absolutely hilarious. Um, and I just I know I'm always tooting tooting how great I think Kevin Weeks is. I I, I mean he's just he's phenomenal, um, top to bottom. Just for everything, he should be he should be an executive in the NHL, which which would suck for us because we we'd lose seeing him on broadcasts and as an analyst and things like that. But this is a guy that he he's just tremendous. He's just absolutely tremendous for the NHL. Hell, have him revamp the marketing for the NHL. Look what he just did for trade deadline. I mean, it was fantastic. So I just wanted to get that out there right away, right out the gate. Um, all right. The Rangers kicked off their trade moves. All right. We've we've been talking about we've been talking and, and harping on this for quite a while on the podcast, almost to to nauseam. Um, we've been talking about the Rangers having to to revamp or bolster the third line. You know, do they bring in a player to play in the top six to 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 bolster, you know, notably the second line to get you know, guys like Dryden Hunt, get them off of the line, not have Barkley Goudreau up there in the lineup 
And it, and it was always, you know, th- those statements were always made not in, I would say, I, I, I guess the word, I don't know if the word is jest or, or what, but it wasn't really being critical of Dryden Hunt specifically, because he's the one that more spent the most time up there on the second line or criticizing him for not being necessarily successful in the second line, because it's not really fair. He wasn't a, a top six winger. So it was, it was more of a Jesus. We've got this gaping hole that really got created by a pretty rough off season from Chris jury. And Chris jury went out and did his damnest to, to alleviate and kind of fix all of it. And that was actually talked about. You were part of uh, a, a really cool Twitter space last night. Yes. From, from live from the blue seats. And that was actually talked about how yep. you know, Drury, you know, you guys talked about trade, you know, the grades and things like that. There was, there was something, there was a, a mention of how, you know, Drury kind of fixed and I'm paraphrasing. So I'm not being an exact quote or not, but you know, Drury went out and really kind of fixed and cleaned up what happened kind of from the off season. Um, and he gave this team a real shot a real a shot in the arm, which we're going to get to see right out the gate tonight. We're obviously recording this Tuesday night. Uh, we got the devil game, which is perfect. Perfect game to get all the new guys in is, is against the devils. Um, and, you know, you saw what happened on, on the deadline. You know, there were a lot of names that were being thrown around that kind of fell by the wayside that we talked about, you know, guys like Pavelski, you know, JT Miller, and and we've talked about this in the previous episode, so I'm not going to go into it too much here. But, you know, we talked about how, you know, the teams are where they're sitting. Those players were probably at some point in play, but you can't, as a team in the Western Conference right now, you can't justify being a seller when you're right on the cusp of the postseason or you're in the postseason fight. You, You couldn't justify making moves that would signal, hey, we're selling off. And, you know, a trade of JT Miller for Vancouver, even Connor Garland really would have would have signified that, you know, if Dallas trades Pavelski, that would have signified it was the same thing. So, you know, when you start to see them re-sign Pavelski for Dallas, you know, you started, you know, having players kind of fall off the board, you know, Tomas Hurdle, who gets his eight year extension in, in San Jose, which I still scratch my head on that one. Not that I don't think Tom, Tomas Hurdle is a great player, but it's just how many more contracts like that are you going to take? So you started to sit there and say, well, where, where are the Rangers going to go? What are they going to do? And a name that you frequently brought up and talked about was, was, was cop from Winnipeg. And we, we looked at like, what's the, one of the biggest problems on this team right now. And I know he's on the wing tonight, but one of the biggest problems that we've seen is third line center. And I mean, center in general, too. Like, if you really think about it, the center position for the Rangers is not great um, in terms of the faceoff dot. Not great. So we looked at, you know, they bring in Vetrano, who is more of a winger, but could give you that that flexibility at center. You know, you have Barkley Goudreau, who's already shown he's 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 well suited to be the third line center if they need him to or float down to the fourth line. Now you have cop in the mix who is absolutely solid in the third line center. You know, maybe I could go on a limb and say, if they don't bring back Strom and they prioritize finding cop, cop goes into your second line center spot. I I was going to say cop was playing second line center minutes in Winnipeg 
Yeah, and I was going to say trade. like that. That's kind of where I think may be happening, and we'll get to that at the end. But you know, the the for for the bulk of the deadline, we're sitting. I was sitting here going, you know, I was very pessimistic last week, saying I don't know if the Rangers are going to do anything. I, I'm curious. They should, but I'm like, I don't know. You, you can admit it. You can say, Nick, you were right. Nick, Nick is like they're going to make three to four trades, and I was like, really, three to four trades, and he broke down, and bam, there you go, one, two, three. And I'm sitting there going, I, I mean, uh, and then I see like all these reports about Max Domi in the afternoon. And I'm like, why Max Domi? Why Max Domi? I don't want anything to do with Max Domi. Max Domi doesn't fit the bill. I know he's got better offensive numbers than Philip Heedle. And he's got he he's he's more offensive than, you know, the third line that we've got right now. But that's not the answer, really, because you're taking a player that is more to me question marks. He's also universally not liked. And and there's there's the attitude stuff that is that is not that's well known, I should say. And he sucks at center. He's not a center. He's not a good center. Yeah, I know. He had the breakout season in Montreal where he was dynamic and ridiculous. That was always where the expectation of Max Domi was was that season in Montreal. And then he had his phenomenal rookie season. And in between there and then in Columbus, it's just like, okay. Yeah, bottom six production, not bad. But Max told me he was never pegged or never looked at as he's a bottom six guy. He was always considered to be this topper, top, not elite well, talent, I, I mean, but he's a top a, he's, six. He's a first-round pick. You know, and, and he was, was a first-round pick. He was a high first-round pick, I mean, too. There, was, there was a lot of expectations. And just seeing him personally from my time of living in Arizona, I, I could tell you Ranger fans would would sour on that move really quick if it happened. Or, uh, you, you know, you could have hoped that you caught lightning in a bottle and you got the Montreal first year. And then it's like, holy shit, this is phenomenal. But the likelihood of that happening, I don't see it. So he goes to Carolina. Carolina doesn't need offensive production. Yeah, he doesn't need to be the guy there. He doesn't need to do anything offensive. They just need him to be a pain in the ass, really, which fits the bill. He excels at that, which fits the bill. But that's not what the Rangers are looking for. And that was a lot of my arguments that I was having yesterday on Twitter. And a lot of people weren't getting it. The Rangers, the Rangers, their bottom six, they have grit. They are. They've got all of it. They got enough. They got too much of it, really. (laughs) They got got sandpaper for days. I mean, John Tortorella would have creamed himself to have the bottom six that. They, they they needed they needed this influx of skill and that, that got. And I mean, I I look at and I look at one of the moves that he made on Monday um, that I really like. But yeah, was, actually, let's and, let's just it, jump the trades. Well, real I was quick. Gonna, I was going to say I, I liked adding Tyler Mott because to me Tyler Mott is a he's on par with Carl Hagelin. That's what you're going to get from from Tyler Mott. It, he's going to be in on the forecheck. He's going to be he's going to be a pain in the ass to go against. He's going to dig pucks out of the corner, and he's he's one of those bottom six guys that is going to help his line have a sustained offensive zone shift instead of playing defensive hockey, which is what the Rangers' depth has needed. So, and you got him for you know a mid round pick for really nothing. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what Drury gave up this deadline. He didn't give up a whole lot. He gave up he the gave up Blues Bears. second, 
he gave up he gave up two seconds, yeah. and one of which can become a first. Which a you hope, which you hope it does, folks. Right. You do right. hope it does. I, I would <laughs> if we, look because if they win two rounds and they make the Eastern Conference Final, you're four wins away from making the Stanley Cup Final. They could win the cup. I mean, you could well, you get through you know, the Eastern Conference. I don't know if they could beat Colorado. If, Colorado if Colorado's not play. standing there, if Colorado or Calgary aren't standing there, I like my chances. And if and I mean, I still kind of like my chances, to be honest. Well, it's, I, it's not going to be easy, but Joe Sackick did more Joe Sackick things. Well, yeah, of and, course, because Joe Sackick is the GM. I mean, GM he, is Joe Sackick. He got he got our Terry Leckin and, and it was a good it was a good deal for him. It was a good deal for Montreal. And I can't blame Chris Jury for not going and getting Lekin. And look, I really like what Jury did because when you see some of the returns, and when you saw that Anaheim was shopping the offers on Ricard Raquel elsewhere to drive up a bidding war, I'm glad Jury, as a rookie GM, was smart enough to realize I'm not getting involved in this. Yeah, because Pittsburgh gave up a pretty penny for him. They gave up two. They gave up two bottom six players, and I I can't remember. And I don't think second. they give. They gave up a second. So a I second, mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Zach Aston Reese is a good bottom six player. Yeah, I mean, so is I like Dominic, Dominic Simone too as a, and, as yeah. a fourth liner. So um, I like, but I'm glad that Drury was smart enough to recognize I'm not going to get myself involved in a potential bidding war for a guy who I'm going to lease for two months, maybe three. Right. At least, you know, I think the return on cop, I think the reason why he gave up the two picks and Morgan Barron and one of them uh, conditional that could become a first, I don't think the door is shut there on re-signing Bear. Yeah, I got, I got to imagine. Cop. I got to imagine that cop's coming back. I, I, I think that's, you because that is one thing. If you're going to give up, you know, if you're going to give up what you gave, what you did, especially in Baron, who I, I was really high on Baron. And I thought Baron really never got necessarily a fair shake. I thought he's he's better suited at the center position than even Philip Heedle. Um, You just never saw it. Tra- you know, you never saw it translate. You never saw it. And then when you see him out of the lineup in favor of some of the other players, you kind of just saw it as, all right, something's got to give here. And you got to give up something, right? You can't just. You can't go in like people are saying, oh, why is Leibor well, Hayek still on I, the I th- roster? I why? thought when they said that they were getting a prospect back for, for Winnipeg, I was like, oh, my God, he gave up Nels Lundqvist, which I look, I wouldn't have been angry because I I, I I really like Andrew Kopp, and I think Andrew Kopp could do some really good things with the Rangers. But I would not have been ecstatic to give up Nels Lundqvist for a potential rental. If you were getting a guy with term – and, and and I wrote about this too when I when I when I I honestly said the jury nailed his first deadline. I I really thought he did a fantastic job because he he made moves and and I and I credit Dave Shapiro for saying this last night in the Twitter space. And it's a great point. The moves he made were to cover up weaknesses that he cover fill in holes that he, he created. created. Yeah, and he did, and he landed on his feet though. Like like Dave said, he landed on his feet. So, I think it's one of those things where, but he also, while filling holes, he didn't pay outrageous prices that you can see it at, at the trade deadline, like Florida did for Ben Sherratt 
and then Florida yeah. made up for it by stealing Claude Giroux. He held on to his blue chip prospects and his first round pick, at least for now, held on to his first so that if there's a bigger move that presents itself in the offseason for a, a game changing talent, because as we always know, there's always one every year that comes available for some unknown reason. Right. He saved all his bigger his bigger pieces that can be moved in the summer in a bigger move. You have to respect and give him credit for that. Yeah, you do. No, you, you do. I look, I, I really do like, like I said, like I, I'm bummed to see Morgan Barron go. I'm not heartbroken over it. I'm not devastated. I, I just, I hope everything works out because I would hate for it to become like another Neil Pionk thing where it's like, oh, look how great. No, I shouldn't say great. Great's not the right word. Look how oh, good P- Neil Pionk turned into. Pionk turned a into a serviceable, serviceable <clears throat> NHL player. You know, thank you. Thank you, Lindy Ruff. And, yeah. you know. Alain Vigneault. Yeah. So and thanks, David Quinn. And David Quinn. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but, you know, look, the, the moves that he made, which were which were really four. What? He made like five total, I think, because of the one minor league one, which is whatever. Oh, Nick Markley. Yeah, he made <laughs> four on deadline day and then it, Frankie Vitrano is five. Yeah, so he had, you know, he has the Frankie Vitrano trade that, that leads off. We talked about last week. I like the energy that he's brought to the lineup. You saw a lot of that. I mean, he even saw it on the the empty net goal, which he took off like a freaking rocket. Yeah. So you see the speed that he brings into the lineup, which is which is big because speed is always a killer. Um, and, Tyler, you know, Tyler Mott brings speed with him as well. Tyler Mott brings speed, a different dynamic. So you get so in 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 Frank Vetrano, you get the potential of of a guy who brings you an offensive punch, um, who has shown that when given when put in bigger minutes, like he was when he originally got to Florida. I know he fell he down score. in the depth chart. He could score. Uh, Mott, you add another guy who's really good on the penalty kill. When you've got a really good penalty kill p- to begin with, yep. you've got a guy that could help solidify your fourth line or your bottom six kind of strengthen in that position, bump a guy out of the lineup. Who's really an AHLer in, in whether it's, it's Hunter Gauthier um, or McKeg or Brzezinski, who should be in Hartford. I mean, he's the captain of the Wolf pack he is the captain of the Wolf pack. So obviously he is, I mean, that's, that's where he should be. Not that it's a knock against them because I think he's, he's, He's brought a better dynamic to that bottom six than Gauthier has. I think he's light years brought more to the lineup, but he's yeah, that's I, where he should be. He should be in Hartford. Gauthier I think, should I, be in Hartford. Hunt should be in Hartford. So yeah. you you bring you bring in this influx of players, you know. So Mott goes into because people were looking oh, at like, well, what the hell does he do? Well, he slots one of those guys out. You now slot one of those guys out once you get Kevin Rooney back. So, and then, and then it's also like we talked about last night on the Twitter space. It, it's one of those things in the playoff. He becomes now he gives Gallant options where there's a matchup where he could sit Ryan Reeves for a game or two. Yeah, you know because you're playing a team like the Penguins, so you don't necessarily need Ryan Reeves in in that series. Or, right. You know, so because. The things that the Penguins are good at, Mott can counter that better than Reeves can. So it's just it's one right. of those things where it's, it gives him more flexibility. Yeah, I think I think maybe the most underrated move 
was getting Justin Braun. I was just going to say the Justin Braun trade again, a third round pick next um, year, next year's third for next year. Yeah. For next year as well. Um, they get broad. And at first I was thinking, I was like, Justin Braun, who the hell is this? And I was like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Isn't that the defenseman from the flyers? Who's like the only good defenseman on their roster, pretty much on a roster full of just on a, on a defensively terrible team. And you look at Justin Broad's numbers on that awful defense, and you're like, how, how does he have the numbers that he has? He he has been the the only bright defensive spot on a team that, like you said, is just woefully a tire fire. awful. Yeah, just a tire fire on defense. He's in the final year of his deal. His contract really isn't bad at all. If the Rangers found a way, I, I mean, I would be more than fine depending on how this all plays out with him i would be more than fine if they could find a way to ship out to Nordy or nemeth or whatever and have him on the roster and he um, gives you he's another one who could play he has played the left side he's primarily a right d but he can play the left side he is and and, and this is something else i noted too uh in the the article i wrote about jury's first deadline when he left San Jose, that's when Mark Edward Vlasic's decline started. Really, and like it really hit hard when Braun left, and it wasn't like a year or two after. It started the season that he left. Vlasic started going downhill, and part of it is you know his age and everything like that, but. It, there is something to say about a good, responsible, defensive defenseman. Justin Braun will not wow you. He will eat minutes. He will block shots. And he will take time and space away from a forward. And look, in the playoffs, you need that guy That's on huge. the ice. That's huge. I mean, so, tough defenseman. We talked about this. And it's every off, it's every trade deadline. What are teams dying and desperate for? Depth defenseman. This guy just adds another layer to preventing some of those other names from getting into the lineup. So like we should never see Libor Hayek in the lineup again, ever, unless there's something dramatically wrong here. Uh, We should really not see. I know we're going to see it tonight. We are because Patrick Nemeth is in the lineup with, with Braun because Schneider is scratched. I hope that doesn't become the, the norm. But at the same I, time, I don't think it will. I think it's they want to see what they have, like what it yeah, looks I, like. At the same time, I kind of want, like, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I was joking with you in text earlier. Where I was like, I am going to flip my mind. Blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. You know, it, it was more joking and whatever. And, but And to be fair, too, Schneider has come off two fairly rough games. Like, the, yeah, I mean, he might just need la- a break. Yeah. Just, these, just give the kid these, a break. These, it's these like Ryan two- Reeves. Like, Reeves looks like he's gassed. Yeah. I mean, this gives, like, all these moves give you chances to give guys a breather. And now the games are going to get real tough now from here on out. You got to get in and it's going to get dirty and it's going to get phys- more physical. You're going to get the playoff atmosphere. It's going to amp up even more. You know, we saw it the last game where, you know, well, they, they that, came that, off that game Saturday night against Tampa Bay. That was a playoff game. I mean, yeah, you saw, you saw, and, and, you know, and the, escaped, game, the game before was a playoff game. Yeah, and there always are. I mean, they always are. And then you escape, you know, you escape Carolina, you take it again. We've said this plenty of times. It doesn't matter how you win. You could you could look at it afterwards and say, hey, we got to fix things or we got to do whatever. But you just played a back-to-back against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion and a cup contender because Carolina is a cup contending team. They are. 
They're and, a cupcake. And Tampa team. Bay, Tampa Bay might get a three peat. And Tampa year. Bay could very well three peat. It's they, not they, like Tampa Bay is a two and done. They like, are they are really good still, and they just got better over the weekend. Yeah. Too. So, so you played you played probably <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say you played your best game of the season against Tampa, but you certainly laid it all out there on the line. You get into Carolina in the wee hours of the morning and then you play Carolina and you're you go with Georgie and you ask Georgie to basically answer the bell. And he did. I mean, he did that. That was a that was Georgie. Like you can't you can't say other than anything other than as much as we criticize Georgie and as much as we. Would have been no, no, all right. That, that cool game to see was, him gone. That game was a thousand game, percent. That game was all him. He won, he won that yeah. game. Steve Alec had stolen goalie wins. Chalk that, one up for Alexander Georgiev. That his that his one. face should be like the emoji or icon for 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 going forward because that was one of the biggest stolen wins of the season for the Rangers. And I know Igor's had enough of them himself, but that one was gigantic. That was a gigantic one. Um, but that game kind of showed you like, Hey, yeah, this team needs an injection here and and they got it. So, you know, you see from here on out, like the games are going to get more like that from, for here on the rest of the way. And you need, you need to be strong, you know, like we had with drew on two weeks ago, you know, he talked about the first two lines killing it. And the, the the third line, the fourth line, just kind of surviving or sustaining. Yeah, I mean, this is what you saw. And and maybe you even have given a chance where the third line could possibly kill now. Um, I mean, I got I to say, look, I, I think that by far the biggest winner of this trade deadline was Filipino. Because now he's got NHL quality line mates. Going forward, the he's rest got to. He's got to. This is the point where he has to jump to that step. It has to happen now. And I know I said I didn't think Filipino would be on the roster come the deadline. A little bit, not necessarily. I, I, I guess maybe surprised or maybe not that he wasn't involved in a deal. But I don't think there was a deal big enough that they were going to pull off that he would have. He would have gone. But I also don't think um, he has value right now. But but at the same time, right? Like at the same time, you have to think like, like Filipino very is very similar to Kreider in an essence, where you see the things that Hedl can do. Like I don't think Hedl scores a goal that isn't a gorgeous goal or highlight real level goal, um, or some of the moves that he does. You you don't sit there and go, all right, whatever. Like you usually are like, damn, look at that move, or look at that play. But then you're always like. Oh, he's where, got boat. Where he's is got, it? He's got boatloads of skill. It's like where is it on the consistent basis, and it hasn't unlocked yet. And now, now there really is. I mean, he got the show me contract. We know that for a fact. He got the show me contract with his last extension. Now he's got a full plethora of players. Whether he gets moved to the wing or he plays well, center or I'll whatever, say, I'll say this: like when Kako comes back and you put Kako back in the top six, whether it's on the first line or the second line, then his line mates uh, are even better. Vitrano is going to go down to the third line, so that third line realistically will be Vitrano, Cop, and Heedle. Vitrano, like we know, is a shoot first presence. Yep. So look, if, if Heedle can't start putting up points with those guys, then then something's wrong. Then there's then yeah. it's obvious that there's something there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, um, all three all three are making their debut against the Devils. So that's coming up in minutes. Um, 
We're going to see how this all shapes out. I'm, I'm really curious and excited to see how it plays forward now, well, uh, long term. Well, I, I look at it this way. Look, I, I look at it this way. The Rangers got here sooner than expected. They were not, not supposed to be this good this quick. They're playing way above their head, I think. But that's a credit to Gerard Gallant and some of the, and the top end talent, and most notably Igor Shesterkin. But Chris, no, like I said, top end talent, yeah. and, and I think Monday was Chris Jury's. All right, guys, I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I'm going to show you that I really believe in you, and I'm going to round out the roster with really good players. Go ahead, show me something. But I know people. I, I, I think this was Jury's way of stamping. All right, you know it's not going to be anything crazy, but let let's see let let's see how good we really are. Yeah, I mean, but there's I, really no there's really no consequence to any of the moves that the Rangers made. No, there's no downside here. There, I mean, I mean, the only thing is, is like if Barron turns into <clears throat> if Barron turns into a, a solid center. You know, whether he's a top six center, which is doubtful, or even if he's, you know, a third line center and nothing comes of the Rangers, you know, this this season, you know, they don't get on a deep run in the playoffs and it's just, you know, things things fall by the wayside. But like that's that's being incredibly pessimistic. Um, but you got to make you got to at some point you got to make moves and you've got to you got to give to get. Well, you also got to show your team that you believe and, in them and reward and, and, them. And that's a big thing, too. And that's not. You know, because I saw a lot of people say, well, how the hell is Nemeth still on the roster? How is Tenorti? How is Hayek? You can't well, trade garbage. Well, I, sh- I don't want to say garbage because garbage is a bad word, a bad way to describe it. Nobody's you taking can't, those you can't three. trade players with little to no trade value at all and expect to get anything back in return other than like very, very low draft picks. Uh, you can't. So yeah. to think like, I mean, even even Kratsov, people say, oh, Vitaly Kratsov wasn't moved. What's the value right now with Vitaly Kratsov, really, for right now? Well, I also think that would be stupid, too, because let's look at it this way. Let's say in the offseason something happens and you trade Capococco. Yeah. For, for let's say, a centerman. You know, last night on the Twitter spaces, Mark Scheifele's name was brought up. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just throwing, you know, I'm just – we're just playing around here. You trade Kako, you're going to have another right wing hole to fill. I, that, don't it'll be, I don't think it'll be Kratzoff, though. But who knows? You, you I know you don't know. It, I, I, like, I, I don't think you'll see Kratzoff in a Ranger uniform. You, but maybe, maybe you will. Maybe we're wrong and maybe you will. And you have to at least keep him and hold on to him. Just for that, look, you, you got to try and make it work with Vitaly Krasov. I will say really this, he's do. having a solid postseason right now. He is. and But like I said, you have to try and make it work with him because if you can't make it work with him, you've lost Leas Anderson. If Filipino doesn't work out, you lose Filipino. Disastrous, disastrous development. Disastrous right. development. So you, and if you, you trade Kako, right, depending on what you get. And this was something, too. This was brought up on a Twitter space. And I wanted to talk about this because you and I, I think we talked on the phone about this and, and kind of just to wrap wrap up for tonight. But we, you know, I think it was it was Becky that put the po- the poll up. Yes, she did. Yep. And I saw the poll and I was like, 
without hesitation, I trade Kako. Yeah, I, I would. If trade you have Kako, a chance to get the bracket, if I can get the cat for Capo Kako, and I mean, it, yeah, like this is the thing that this is one one of the arguments that we've had all season. It's great teams and teams that are ready to go for it and are are in a in a in a window. Which the Ranger window, I've always I've always said it, and this could be right or wrong, but I always said the Rangers window opened this season. When they when they turned the page and the, the old window kind of closed with the rebuild and everything, and with Hank, and then Hank goes and Igor comes in and takes over. This was the window right here. Boom. This is where it was opening. You can't just sit back and say, We're gonna just kind of continue what we're doing when we've got guys like you know, when we've got a Vezina and Hart basically should win both. We've got a Norris finalist. We've got a guy who could win the, the Rocket Richard. You know, we've got we've got a the the one yeah, of Jack another Adams potential another potential heart guy in in Panarin. You know, you got all these guys on the line. You got you know Zabanajad. You know, you kind of go through. You can't sit there and say we're still building we're still growing we're gonna sit back and just kind of rest on our hope of prospects developing into what they're developing you you do what teams like tampa did and you make moves to bolster your lineup you know they paid a pretty penny for blake coleman barkley goodrow when they brought those guys in you know other moves that they made if you've got a guy that's sitting there and you're like hey he's available and you know what he is you know what he brings to the table. It's that, not a flash in the pan. You make that move. And that's the thing about trading Morgan Barron for Andrew Cobb. Yeah, you don't know. Ceiling, you don't know. Barron, Barron's ceiling, and, and I, I want to say it was either Dave or Rob who said this last night. I can't remember. It's, it's pretty head. much Cobb. It they is pretty said, much Cobb. Yeah, they said, you know, is Andrew Cobb or maybe a little bit worse. So if you can go get Andrew Cobb, who has shown he can play top six minutes, quality top six minutes, you do it. You do that deal in a heartbeat. You, you do so, it. it. It's one of those things. And again, I, it could sting, but you do it because you you're there's the great unknowns. I mean, again, we look at the players that we've had that we've lost along the way that were top draft picks, whether it was top prospect or not. It was a bust pick or whatever. And, I, and I, look, I like Capo Caco a great. I deal. do too. I wouldn't. I but again. If it came down to it, I am trading Capo Caco to get an Alex Deprinkit without without hesitation. I mean, there's not even a hesitation there. And all the power to him. All the power to him. And you hope that he turns into what you expected him to. But you know that you're getting a guy like Deprinkit who you slot him into the lineup and he immediately I mean, plays right behind Mika Zabanajad. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. So that that was the big thing we've we've always talked about. Like, if you can't just sit back and say, "Eh, this team, no, yeah, you, they might," no, you, know, you gotta you you also have to walk you have you have to walk your kids along at some point. You do, you know, the, the, there's you know the Rangers were at that stage where you were a couple of years ago with Nathan, you know, taking them to school and walking them to the bus and waving goodbye as the bus takes them to school. Well, you know what? Now the kids are older. Now the kids can start walking to school. Like now, now, now comes the part where the, not here. 
No, here okay. the parents gotta walk them up to okay. the door or you get in trouble. You, under, you understand my your, your argument has been ruined. No, yeah, no, I know you yeah, like, I, yeah. Now, no, it's now, it's more like don't walk me to the door. Right. I don't want you to walk me to the door. Right. I got this. Now, Goodbye. That's the part where the kids are gonna have to start, Oh, you gotta go to the know, store or just leave me home. Like right, you're, yeah. you're seven years old, shut up. <laughs> right. You know, like, now now it's time to start letting these kids start walk on their own and see what they can do. Look, I'll you know, argue. Look. I'll, I'll I'll argue a little further. The NHL isn't a development league, where it's a where everyone is where all your prospects become necessarily long term projects. That's different than growing and growing and building up together and doing a rebuild. That's a different story. But what I what I mean by this is you're not just bringing players into your lineup and just kind of developing them and at the cost of winning. When you're true, in a period, when you're Thank in you, a true, period. Sorry, Jacob Truba just flattened Nico Heischer. All right, that's cool. Oh, like I mean, like, like, dude, like, get the license plate number of the truck that just ran yeah. him over. And then watch PK will probably try to sloof with somebody in a couple minutes. But well, okay, well, not like he already didn't have that on the menu since before the game. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the specialty. That is PK Slubin. That so. is yeah, but um, but no, you know, and, and I don't. It's different <laughs> when you're a team that is. You know, when you're Ottawa, Detroit, you know, teams like that, the Coyotes, it's a different situation when you're a team like the Rangers, because the Rangers are further along. The Rangers, like I said, are in that window period where if you've got the ability to go for it, yeah, and you, 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 start you go going for it. it. You, it you know, going for it. it's the same reason why so many people got mad that the Rangers were able to draft Alexi Lafreniere. They because it's not like Lafreniere went to a bad team. No, he didn't. He went to a team. You know, usually when you're the first overall pick, you're a cellar dweller who can't sniff the playoffs. Unless, then, unless you're, you know, you get lucky and a team like Ottawa makes trades and. But well, but it's just like, so, the Rangers were not your stereotypical. And Andrew Cobb just won his first faceoff as a New York Ranger. Let's go, go baby. Let's go, baby. We're going to win the cup. Ain't nothing stopping us. Ain't oh, no stopping oh, us now. We're on the move. No. <laughs> All right. So really quick to wrap up. Just to, oh, just, okay. Just cut me off. Well, I mean, you're you're going all, you're going into La La Land. So. All, right, all right. You know what? I, I don't even know what you were. I don't even remember what you were talking about. I remember what I was talking about. Oh, okay. About. What were you talking about? I was just saying that, you know, it's different to your point when you're a good team and you're able to get a young player like Lafreniere, it, it it's a little bit different because the Rangers rebuild was nearing an end at that point. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, like they were just starting out. So it, what do you want Edmonton to get another first overall pick? You see how right. that works out. No, but what I'm saying is it's like the Rangers were a team that was already on the Ascension that, you yeah. know, and then they rewrote the draft rules. Yeah. Well, because you know, the <laughs> Rangers so stupid, which is so stupid. It's, it, it, it's one of those things where this is a the good thing. team. They had, they had, look, I would have been very upset had Drury just sat there and said, I'm not going to do anything because, oh, I would, yeah, we are here. We, I would have been, we pissed. are, we are here a year or two early. We weren't supposed to be this good. I'm just going to rely on my elite goaltending to win, win me a series or two. And it was like, if we have not learned anything from Henrik Lundqvist yeah. in 15 years, is that elite goaltending alone does not win a playoff. Series. Well, I will say this, though. The previous, they did make moves. But, 
you know, no, no, they made I'm moves saying, like what, Eric Stahl, and then you had Elaine Vigno. So no, 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 you but, didn't want to, you didn't want to have more of that. Right. Like you needed, you needed to do smart business. I thought, and, I, and I'll yeah. say this and somebody can, you know, if, if you think I'm wrong, you can at me on Twitter uh, at BKLYN Joker 90 that I believe with what Chris Jury did at the trade deadline, I thought he kind of went the Tampa Bay route. He, he, he looked to, to say, extent. look, to an extent, look, I think look, so. My, my bottom That's six fair. isn't there. I got to rebuild my bottom six and retool it on the fly. And he targeted specific assets and he went for it. I so just, for that, I respect him. I will say it's, it's kind of tough. We're not going to see Rooney or Kako still for a while. So it would have been nice to get, you know, at least have a picture of those guys are coming back sooner. Um, that kind of sucks. But now let me ask you a long-term pro a long-term question. Because yep. now this brings up interesting because, you know, you have cop on on a contract and what you gave up. You would have to expect that the idea is that you're going to bring him back. Is this saying goodbye to Ryan Strom? Does Ryan Strom price himself out of New York now? I don't think Ryan Strom priced himself out of New York. I think Ryan Strom has played his way out of New York the way he's been playing. I, like, yeah, that's I, fair I, enough. I, like I, I don't think it's a it's a matter of price. I think it's an, it, more of an issue of the play just hasn't been there this year. So well, it's look, it's gone down. Know, look, I don't know. May, you know, there's a whole postseason left, and who knows? Strom, you know, the Rangers win two rounds, and Strom is a, a is a pivotal figure, and he's putting up points. Then I feel like he's probably resigned. I, I, I think it all depends on what Ryan Strom does here. I think he, th this last couple of months here is going to be huge for him. You know, it, it's either he's going to get paid or the Rangers are going to let him walk and they're going to prioritize re-signing Andrew Kopp and letting him take Strom's place. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, I just kind of look at it like, all right, well, if you brought, if you're bringing in Kopp now, where are you splitting money around? Because you probably would have to make a move in the offseason if you re-sign both. You got to do something oh, else. Oh, if you, if you, re, yeah, if you resign both, somebody else is moving out. So, so that's that's you know the question marks of, of where. But again, that's that's you know we, I, we worry I, I about that. It, we projected worry about that after the playoffs because right now I, everything is all eyes on the postseason and all eyes going forward. So I think you could, uh, I think it could honestly be a Dominic Moore Brian Boyle situation where you're choosing one over the other. Right. So. You know, and most of the time you don't want to go over the shorts. You know, you don't want to pick over a short sample size. You want to go with the, the bigger sample size. But, look, uh, I, I, needless to say, I'm worried about Strom. But, okay, I'm going to give you my grade for the trade deadline. I'm giving Chris Jury a B plus. What's the you? I was giving I – was, I was leaning towards a – I mean, I was saying more like a B, B plus. Um, I'm I'm more or less kind of curious to see where this all plays out. I like I like the moves that he made. I do like the moves. I don't. I'm not. I can't complain about a single move. I, I really can't. There's nothing in there that they did that he did that I could sit there and go, "Well, geez, really, they did that." Yeah, I could say a little bit. You know, it's I'm, I'm disappointed to see Baron go, but at the same time, I can't be pissed about it because, like I just said earlier, you got to give something to get something. Um, and other than that, 
I mean, you got draft picks. You're in the position again where you're using those. You're not in a position where you need to be making picks right now. You're in a position where you need to utilize those picks to to bring you in talent. So I think he did a really good job there. So, I mean, yeah, I would say B. Uh, I'm leaning towards B plus on it. Uh, I'm more kind of curious to see how it all shapes out. Um, I, I like what he did for the bottom six. I like the additions. Like I said, when Rooney and Kako come back, we should never, unless there's something wrong, see Gauthier, Hunt, uh, or Brzezinski in the lineup. You're missing everyone's favorite kegger. We shouldn't see McKegg. I completely forgot. Yeah, Greg McKegg. We should never see Greg McKegg in the lineup again. Um, that's how, you know, he plays every game, and I don't even think of him. That's, you know, the effect that he has on the ice. Guess what, though? He ain't um, playing tonight. Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. Dividends right away. <laughs> so, all right, B plus right there. Boom, B plus. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. So, all right, um, that's all we got for the episode. Hope the Devils get their asses kicked. I hope we... You know, I hope that Ryan Reeves gets to, you know, chase PK Subban back to the bench like a little baby, like he did well, at the Garden. Oh, they're on the ice right, right now, and Mason Gearston is trying to talk to Ryan Reeves. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Gearston knows who Ryan Reeves is. I don't think Mason Gearston knows much about a lot of things, but that's okay. But, All right. Kevin hey. Hart once said, you going to learn today. Really so. quick. I, I I think I think Ryan oh, Reeves oh, teach him something. Oh, oh god! No, like, I just pictured that, that skit in my head, and it's just why? Like, <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> oh god, that's a classic. All right, so real quick before we jump off, the Face Off Hockey Network is our our fa- our familia. You're really happy that familia is no longer with the Mets. I know that. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> uh. We've got a brand new podcast coming out. Uh, Tyler is going to be launching a podcast called Over the Boards. The teaser episode just came out. It's just a minute teaser, just an introduction on the podcast. But uh, Tyler is going to be doing that, I believe, at at least a week, weekly thing. He might be doing two a week, but um, he'll be he'll be throwing that up there. So uh, if you search, it's coming up on it's going to be on everywhere. So it's coming soon. But um over the boards. That's the newest podcast coming to the Face Off Hockey Network, and that's all we got for this one. Well, we'll see. I'll say I'll say this so far: Patrick Nemeth is still t- terrible, but Justin Braun is pretty good. Yeah. That is my analysis. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. That's all we got for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. Hit a thumbs up. Give us a like. If you don't like us, whatever. That's fine. We probably don't like you. So that's, oh, stop it. <laughs> If you don't like us, tell us why. Just tell us why. Be like, oh, it's because Nick is such, you know, Nick is a damn asshole. That's that's probably what it will be. That's true. (laughs) 